0: Our lesson this morning is going to be talking about a clean heart. A clean heart. Well, the Bible, Jesus Christ taught us that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Amen. Um, You know, we're going to realize here today, and uh, I'm really just going to take my time. And uh, there's a lot to this. There's a lot of psalms that deals with this same topic. And uh, we're going to address some of them. And um, But there's if, if you haven't read this lesson, I'd encourage you. But, but we're going to probably go in some areas that maybe our lesson hadn't went into. Uh, or maybe quite in the depthness. But we're going to try our best this morning. And uh, uh, to realize how important it is to have a clean heart. Later on in the New Testament, Paul wrote it to us and he witnessed and said he had a clean conscience. A clean conscience before God and man. Well, that says a lot. It says a lot. Um, Proverbs has taught us that if, if we don't offend no one with words, that's a wise man. Not to be offensive. To be able to... Conduct himself, handle himself in such a way as an oracle of God, as a vessel of God. You and I know by the scriptures that we're the temple of the Holy Ghost. We're the spiritual epistles. We're the only church that some's ever going to know. You and I, uh, as we go out in the highways and the byways, we're the only chance they're going to get. A man to pull them into this place, to hear the word of God and to know God. The chances of them coming on their own is, is pretty slim. They're, they need somebody that can impact them. They need somebody that can get a hold of them. Somebody. And so what flows out of us, how we respond to life, how we respond to every conversation, right down to our character and what we are and who we are. We're the same. It doesn't matter if we're at church. It doesn't matter if we're in the workplace or in our house. We're still a vessel of God. There's still some principles, some character that's inside of us that never ever changes. Amen. Amen. We, we're who we are when we're by ourselves and when we are in public. Amen. When it comes to living for God and when it comes to having a clean heart. A clean heart. This topic is really, it's, it's deep. It's, it's, a, it's a lot deeper than our world realizes. I realize that our nation's come through some teachings out of this same book. by twisting and distorting scriptures. I believe in such things, such doctrines as once saved, always saved. But we know that's not right. It's not scripturally right. Man, the Old Testament made it clear unto us. A righteous man, once he turns from his righteousness and begins to do that which is unrighteous, unless he repents and turns from that unrighteousness, he's going to be lost. And in fact, the messenger that's sent to him fails to give him the message, he's going to be lost too. <laughs> Praise God. And so, that tells me there's a lot of messengers that's out running, this, running the race. But their own message, their own doctrine is going to condemn their own hearts, condemn their own souls, their own testimony, their own witnessing. Praise God. We're going to talk about some of this. I really don't know how I'm going to handle all this, to be honest. I done dedicate this morning and tonight to this, and we'll just see. But I'm telling you something. It's going to mean something to have a clean heart. Because we're living in a world today that has took God and has used Him as a buddy. They have used God to a man. Me and the man upstairs got it all worked out. I can do what I want to. And preacher, you ain't got nothing to do with it. In church, you ain't got nothing. You ain't got no rights to tell me this or tell me that. In fact, I don't even need a preacher. I've had them to tell me that. I don't have to have a church. You ain't got to have a preacher to be saved. Well, that's funny. You know something God don't know. (laughs) Because God said by the foolish of preaching, not foolish preaching, but by the foolish of preaching, save them that believe. But if you don't believe, God himself can't save you. Amen. And you know what all, all this starts? The heart. The heart. That most inner most being. Of who we are. And what we are. That's where respect flows from. That's where fear flows from. It's, it's all works together. The mind. The heart. The inward part of who we are. Amen. We, we know that. We understand how important this is. Because even the judgment of God. Came upon this earth at one time. Simply because the mind or the heart of individuals was on wickedness continually. It never crossed their hearts to call on God or to cry out to God. But Noah, Noah found grace. And out of that grace, and as he stood against the whole world at that time, a man, a preacher of righteousness. We we see that when 12 was sent out on a journey... Uh, to, to spy out the land, the promised land that had been given to them by God. Amen. Ten out of the twelve come back with an evil report. Evil heart. It come out of the heart. Amen. They didn't believe the message. They didn't believe that God could do it. So the heart is more important than some may realize. The, that most in who we are, what we allow ourselves to even think and meditate on and linger You can't stop everything from coming. Neither do I believe that everything that comes into my mind is from God. Man, some of it can just be of myself. Some of it can be of the devil. Some of it can be the spirits of the world. Some of it can be just bad pizza. (laughs) Okay? Praise God. And so, but you and I, with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, and with a God that loves us, and with the Word of God, the Word of God, man, to help us to keep our hearts in a condition to be raptured, ready. I tell you what the will of God is this morning. is for everybody under the sound of my voice to be God raptured ready by this service right now. Right now. You'd be ready right now. The trump of God was sounded. that you'd be ready that you could face God with a clean heart. Amen. With a clean conscience. Hallelujah. And so uh, we're going to see as we begin to look at this and it's um, a lot to it. going to go to psalms 51 we know this is a a chapter 1 through 19 is a chapter written by david a time of whenever he had failed so miserably um and we'll talk about that out of second Samuel 11 and 12 and uh, the impact and 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 even his position uh being a man after god's own heart being the apple of god's eye Uh, We can see how the enemy can work We can how the things can be maneuvered and set before us and arranged. That's the reason Paul said not to be ignorant of Satan's devices. That's the reason the scriptures taught us not to make provision for the flesh. I'm going to tell you something. We're living in a world today that we're we're more pronged and apt to be tempted than we ever have in all the born days of mankind. You hear me especially here in the United States, but not just here all across our land. Uh... Adam and Eve had one thing to be tempted with. One thing. One thing. One one thing that would cause cause them to lose their fellowship with God. Lackest thou one thing is what Jesus told that gentleman. One thing, lackest thou. Why is that so important? Because we realize that from one thing. Thing. How many of us in here would be willing for somebody to take in a shot and have one cancer cell in that shot, but you take it for a million (laughs) dollars? Just one little cell, man. I'm telling you how long it'll take him for it. A house of God, the church of God, the five fold ministry. Everything to edify and build up everything that God has put in position to save us. Mankind has made it, has done its best out of Hollywood to make it not a big deal. In fact, if you watch Hollywood, most of the time when it's anything about preachers, it's going to be something about... <laughs> How many of you ever watched hey man, a movie about the Holy Ghost? I guess. <laughs> you're used to. Let me just put it that way. Anyway. And so we got to watch that. That's what I'm talking about. Because when you pull up that one, there's a half a dozen more that comes up beside it. What you going to do with them? There's the tempter. And here goes the wondering eye. And if you linger just a little too long, have a touch of a button. So our day that we're living under our heart's condition. Now, well, I've been pondering some of this. Or maybe God just working on me. Uh, I was thinking about it. I'm not sure the great system what it is now. I'm not sure. Um, But but here's what I'm afraid is happening to us. If we're not careful, we begin to lower the mark, the watermark. We tried to Lord that mark to go to heaven. That all you got to do is believe. And then you can live like a heathen. You're saved, man. You're saved 10 years ago in that revival. I mean, running 60. And shacked up, done this and done that. Live like no telling what. Never paid tithes, never give offerings, never faced the, entered the house of God. Until they roll them in the box. I've seen this happen. And they put him in heaven. Well, I, I ain't telling you a, par- a parable. I'm telling you something happened. Three boys sitting on the front pew. Give them a license, amen, to do and live whatever they wanted to. As long as they got, got saved back in that revival. But I'm going to tell you something. The condition of the heart. It's going to mean something. And when the spiritual part of that thing more so. That the hidden part. That... And so we're going to address this. We're going to talk about this, some, And, and I, the first part of our lesson is going to be really dealing on, amen, the first statement out, out about our, our lesson in Numbers 32. And, and uh, again, I'm going to just take my time if it takes me two or three uh, services to, to deal with this. I think it's that important. Amen. I really do. I think uh, God has dealt with me and the condition of the hearts of this church back years ago. And I, I touched on it some. And, and, uh, and in my own heart, my own heart, amen. Because it's the condition of the heart, amen. If, if, we, if, you, if we get it right and keep it right, we'll find out that but the high percentage, a real high percentage, I feel up in the 90s, of issues and problems will be solved, will be dealt with, will be handled in such a manner, in such a way, as a child of God, as a vessel of God, how we, we we look at one another? How we handle one another? How, well, the things that we allow to even enter to our minds, there'll be a check on it. Cause you don't want that heart, a man, to get messed up. You don't want that. To, and and to use to use the statement, well, it's just in my genes. It's just that's just our nature. that's the way grandma was and grandpa was and uh, but if we're not careful we're looking for a scapegoat to to uh, justify the condition of the heart and 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 what's coming out of the heart how do how do we know that's a pine tree on this side of this church How many acorns can you go out there and pick out from under this pine tree and say, Hey, man, I look like a pine tree. Got needles like a pine tree. But that's acorns falling out of it. Y'all think I'm silly, but I'm going to tell you something. I've had folks to cuss me out and then the next breath tell me I'm saved and I'm going to heaven. But it gets a lot deeper than that when you get into the spiritual realm. And, and please, I'm, I'm not, just, just, just hang with me a while. Just let's listen to the word. Let's, let's have an ear to hear that inward part of us. Uh, I believe in holiness, but I'm going to tell you something. Holiness on the inside is more important than on the outside. You can cover up a nasty spirit with long sleeves and all the rest of it. <laughs> but you're not going to cover up. True cleanliness and holiness and righteousness. That rules in your heart. With outward stuff. It just won't happen. It may take a season. Preceptible precept. line upon line. Here a little bit there, But you'll watch a process begin to start. And only God. As the great shepherd. As he works with each individual. In this process, and 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 we're all we're all prone and and subject are as the scripture called him one inclined to fail because we've got earthen vessels, okay, and we're born with that old nature. So that's the reason the struggle you have sometimes. Well, I just wonder. I mean all of us sometimes, if we could really just see the struggle on the inside, <laughs> the warfare that goes on, and the battle in the mind of who's going to rule, and that's becoming more chaotic and even more confusing in the world that we're living today, even among Pentecost. And somebody talked to me yesterday and trying to help somebody else and just wanted, to, and, 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 and they don't come here. I mean, uh, on a regular basis anyway, and, and uh, of what direction, what to do, and how to man, and what Bible, and just, you know, and, uh, and, and, and that individual made the statement to the other ones. Said, you can't believe everybody that claims to be Pentecost now. Because everybody is not on the same foundation. Everybody's not walking. And so, but... This is what the heart is going to be examined by. Okay? I know it's Sunday morning. I know we're kind of a little hallelujah, but if you'll just hang with me. If you got to stand up, we do what you got to do. But I'm telling you what, we need some old fashioned word of God getting into our spirits and the fear of it that I'm going to have to give an account for it. And I'm not I'm just telling you, okay? So a clean heart, amen. And uh, we could talk about fault. And we could talk about sin. And uh, to do a little study about some of those things. Now, how many feels like you got some faults? We all do. That's, that's a reason we got to have God's mercy and God's grace and God's compassion. Amen. To help us. To help us along this journey. To keep us in a raptured condition. Hallelujah. In, in, in a... In a Kind of put it this way: in a saved condition, Bible mentions saved. I know we're a little hesitant about using that term because you and I look at that term a lot of times as once you saved, that means you've been delivered from it, you've been brought out of it. Well, we haven't made the journey yet. I haven't, I haven't finished the course yet, and so I've got to be mindful and understand that I'm not exempt from the tempter, for sure. But what worse than that is? To act like I've got it and i got self-righteousness and I've got my own way. But the whole time the enemy slipped in and I wasn't even aware of it. Because I became calloused over one thing or another. Especially the pitfalls of life. Has a tendency to callous the heart. The older you get, the more calloused you become. Now don't take that wrong it's just the way of life your your your, your nerve system your host system uh, you start having maybe some numb places <laughs> uh, if 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 you have the right disease or, or, or affliction amen, you could you can cut your leg and be you about bled out you won't even know it till all of a sudden you you begin to where's all that blood because you didn't feel it but when you was just a toddler at one or two years of age, it did not take much of a bump. You'll scream and holler make a big deal out of it. And, well, I'm done! Am I right? And so our heart. As we have to deal with life and we have to deal with families and we have to deal with spirits and we have to deal with this and that. Only God is the one. As we're willing to get on that potter's wheel day in and day out to make sure that we don't let words and we don't let spirits and we don't let attitudes and things like that to mess up the heart. And you hear me this morning. And don't let our heart become so callous, God, that we can't feel your touch, that we can't hear your word. That we can't feel the, the, the scaffold, amen, reaching into that place trying to cut that, that stony part out of that heart. I believe the heart can be likened to the soil. It's talked about the good seed falling into. Amen. And I believe one of the greatest struggles that our generation is facing with our heart's condition is not letting the cares of life. I didn't say the sins of life. But not letting the cares of life choke out. Harden the heart. I don't really have the time to pray. I don't really have the time. Uh, I'm, 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 I've run from Dan to Bethsheba Monday through Saturday, hallelujah. That Sunday's such a... Huh. I'm talking about a clean heart, ladies, gentlemen. So... This is not a condemning message. Don't you take it that way. I'm just telling you the world, the times, the spirits that you and I are living in. And we cannot be ignorant of Satan's devices of how and what he can set up to ensnare and trap us. He knows your weak points. He knows, he knows if he ever it was ever successful against you, he'll be back you will try it again and again and again. Okay? So, as we watch this unfold, let's look at the first part. The lesson connection. He talks about a young minister. You, if you'll read the connection, I may not go into all of that. But there, but you see how a young minister began to, as we just mentioned, allow his eyes to linger and linger a little too long. And it led from that a man till he began to get begin to get occupied, and you know pornography, no doubt. And uh, he thought he could hide it. He thought he could cover it up. He thought, you know, he could keep it from his wife and keep it from his pastor and God. But all of a sudden, it was made known. It was, it was revealed. It was, uh, they were new and come crushing down upon him. And that's about all we hear about this young minister. We don't know from that point. And notice the Bible talks about a young minister. Now, this is a young minister. as not just a saint of God, but he's a minister. Amen. That this transpired happened. And then he winds this up in Numbers 32. You look at Numbers thirty-two, and he took just a little portion of that scripture, but that scripture is taken out of a time, a man where Gad and Reuben and the Hive tribe of Nethin, a man desired to be. A man on the other side of Jordan. They wanted to stay on this side. The east side of Jordan. These plains. This, this geographical location. is ideal for cattle and sheep. And, and this is where we want to build cities. And this is where we want to stay. And so Moses deals with them. Because he done dealt with this issue already. And so he, he deals with these brothers. And uh, I, I'm, I'm going to go somewhere with this. If you watch this. Amen. So he deals with them. Because he didn't want the same thing to happen again. Hallelujah. Because of the 12 spies and and because they didn't stay unified and work together and join together so he made them promise the two and a half that they would put on their, their armor and they would come and come across that river amen Jordan until all of Israel had attained the promised land and what was allotted to, to them at that point in time in their lives and so this is a setting and a part of the scripture that is taking place where you see in this uh, amen takes up and so I'm just simply going to tell you read to you what Moses said and unto them if he will do this thing if he will go armed before the Lord to war and will go all of you armed over Jordan before the Lord until he have driven out his enemies from before him the land is be subdued before the Lord then afterwards he shall return and be guiltless be guiltless how many likes a feeling of guilt how many likes to be guilty about something how many is prone to subject? Well, I'm glad I'm, all the hands is going up this morning. Hallelujah. How many, how many just, you know, would rather cover it up? than That's the natural part. That's, that's, that's where we, you know, uh, we're going to prolong it as long as we can. That's, we're going to wrestle with it and we're going to deal. But if I keep them from being guiltless, keep them from, amen, not having guilt. He says, and notice what he says here. Before the Lord... This is not a Moses thing. This is a God thing. See, that's what happens too often. And we're going to go to Psalms 90. And you're going to notice in that Psalms, the only Psalms, amen, that Moses is the author of. And it's the oldest Psalms of the book of Psalms. And you're going to recognize and see some things. But one thing you're really going to recognize, the man of God, the man of God. A Psalm, I forgot, it's either 70 or 90 times the man of God is mentioned. Amen. And they talk about the three things, amen, how God deals with us. Amen. Especially in leadership. And, and, and so it's what? The Word of God, the Spirit of God, and the man of God. The Word of God, the Spirit of God, and the man of God. We've got so many, uh, and I'm just going to put it this way because that's what they are, religions that don't even believe in the baptism of the Holy Ghost. They, 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 their leaders haven't even got it. And so there's one of the three out of the equation already. And without the Holy Ghost to guide and lead you into all truth, anything of relations or insight you get of this Word is pronged or subject to be an error. Because the one that will instruct you and guide you is not in you. See, the devil really don't care how much of this you can quote. He doesn't care how much of this you get right as long as you don't get right. As long as your heart is not right. As long as it's polluted or in error or has one technicality that will get you thrown out of court. Or cause you to be guilty on that day. Okay, And so, he goes from that. But if he will not do so, behold, he has sinned against the Lord. Now this is serving my brothers. This is going in war with them. This is going in battle to make sure they attain their promised land just like I have. The mentality that I got in mind, and I'm happy, and I'm done, and we don't want to put no effort toward... The attitude that if it's certain loved ones, then I'll respond and put everything in two. But if it's so-and-so, no big deal. Talk about the condition of the heart. Condition of the heart. Because when the condition of the heart's right, it doesn't matter who it is. You're going to intercede. You're going to step up. You want them to overcome and be victorious. That's the, that's the passion. That's what's in us. <clears throat> I wouldn't really expand on saying some of that. But anyway. So in that 23rd verse. Is where the writer picked it up then. But if he will not do so. Behold he have sinned against the Lord. And be sure. Your sin. Will find you out. Be sure. Your sin. Your sin. We'll find you out. So I want to focus on that for a little while here this morning, if you don't mind. And I know the time will slip away from us. But, but um, I feel like we're living in a generation that uh, has put God a million miles away. And feels like that God didn't really mean what he said. And that his grace covers all sin while we live in sin. But if you read that close enough, the grace of God has been given to us that we may live an overcoming life in this present world. That's the power of the grace of God. It's not to live in sin or to be a servant of sin. So help me, just, just bear with me, okay? Uh, because I, I believe there is a difference. Does that mean we're sinless? No. <laughs> my, my, my co-worker here. Helped me out the other day. I set him up, really. <laughs> not really. He set himself up, but he just didn't realize what was going on. And uh, anyway, we was talking about the lesson a little bit and talking about sinning. You. He says, I sin not. And I just took my lesson book, turned it around, and write the next very first. Amen. Hey, he that says he sins not calls God a liar. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> but we both laughed when you just scared on to start with. But, but I thought, man, look at him. So anybody that tells you they're so perfect and so godly and so this, they're a liar already. You tell that by the book. They like it. They cover it up. They talk about all that they want to. But all of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So everybody's heart has got to be dealt with. And I'm going to tell you, not just one time. Oh, thank God for that first original man, that that awesome time. And I'm going to preach on that a little bit. The power of a godly sorrow. The power of a godly sorrow. You can't hide it. And neither can you hide the results of it. And the transforming power of it that it makes in a vessel a vessel whenever those burnings and that guilt and all that shame and all that's washed away from them. So now we're seeing the importance of a clean heart and keeping it clean. Keeping it. That's the reason we're instructed about certain things that we must do. They're, they're not, they're must, must, must. They're not, they're not an option. They're a must. They serve things in this word as a plan of salvation that are a must. They're not an option. It doesn't matter who you are and where you come from. They're, they're a must for everybody. So, going will take us to a few scriptures here and just to help us out along the way. And some of this you've heard a hundred times, but just to be 101. Genesis 4, 7, and 9, the kind of king. Cain, you know, it's amazing. It's still amazing to me as we look at Cain. Now, God dealt with Cain on a personal basis. He's talking to Cain. But you know how the Cain, as he goes out into that garden, and there's sin, sin light at the door. It's there. But but still even at this point and God dealing with him and and instructing him how he could find that the answer, how to overcome that. And we're gonna see here, a man, that he couldn't hide what he'd done. Now watch, here's the point I want to make with him. When God addressed him about Abel and where Abel was at, now the voice, the blood of Abel done cried out, God knew exactly where he's at. And Cain acts like God don't have a clue. But Cain says this, am I my brother's keeper? We are. We are. And so this works in more than one way. Because when you keep this heart right, you won't shoot near the fiery darts. I'm going to talk about this on the Wednesday nights in the battlefield and the warfare. James, the fifth chapter, talks about where's that warring come from. It's out of our own lust. When Holy Ghost-filled people can't find a place of agreement and coming together, then the, the, res, the, the, the issue of that is from, from somewhere that's not of God. I can tell you that. In fact, we're warned by the scriptures not to take our our problems before a judge, not to take a brother or sister to court. He says, Ain't there some wise enough among you? And I mean y'all you the bunch that's gonna judge angels one day. So but it's the condition of the heart. Can I prove this? Yeah. Watch this. Anybody ever sat on jury duty? Have you ever been asked certain questions? Have you ever walked in there and said, "Hey, I'm prejudiced." I say, "You oh, just hang all of them. Just do away with them. They all deserve it." Can you get on that jury? Because you done got some preconceived ideas. What's, What's some of the things they ask you? Have you you know anything about this case? Do you know anybody's involved in this case? Why are they asking that? Because if you know, if you got some insight and you know somebody, if that's your brother, you're prone not to be fair about your judgment. Because your heart, amen, they don't feel like your heart can be. Because judgment is made from the heart. And so that's the reason we got to keep our hearts in the right condition. Because we're prone to judge. And watch this. The New Testament has taught us. Uh, when you start judging your brother. That makes you a man of the law. And that puts you in jeopardy. So it's a lot to it. I'm telling you. It's, it's a lot to this. So. Now. The focus I want to go on. Watch this. In Genesis 44. This is with Joseph. This is a time, amen, that Joseph and his brothers, and we know how he had the dream and what all took place, and you know how 20 some years that Joseph spends, and now he's been set up, and now, you know, 14 years have done past. He interprets the dreams and he has the plenty of, and now here comes his brothers, the second trip, amen, to Joseph amen of what's unfolding what's taking place they did not recognize these brothers that they came amen for the corn and all and it was a daddy's idea for them to pack up and go get it amen and when they show up Joseph recognizes them he fills up the pouch he puts your money back in he sends them back but he makes them to make a promise amen to bring his younger brother Benjamin amen and because of all of this and the way Joseph sets it up amen for them to come back before him the dream is being fulfilled they're bowing down before him but watch what happens the second trip back they brought Benjamin but after they filled up their, their, their pouches, amen, their sacks, amen, and they put them on that, they put the money back in, and they took the silver cup of Joseph, and, and Joseph's instructing his steward to do this, he said, you put it in Benjamin's pouch, you put it in his sack, and, and so he gave him a period of time, and, and after a little period of time, he sends his steward, he said, you overtake him, and he, when he overtakes them, he begins to question them, he said, hey, I can't believe you took my, my Lord's uh, cup, amen, and 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 you, you took, and he said he was a blessing to you, and you took his silver and his gold from him, and they, they and, oh no, there ain't no way, so we'll be your servants. You find where the sound and, and you know, they try, no, there ain't no way. But whenever he goes through and he makes his way, he starts, the eldest makes his way to the youngest, and there's the silver cup. <laughs> and so they make their way back and they come before Joseph. Listen to what Judah says to Joseph, because he has at this point has not recognized who Joseph is. But confession had to take place. Realization had to grip them. And I, I pondered, I still wondered, just, just what their, their, their dad thought of them whenever they had to come back and tell them that Joseph was alive. What did they tell him? How did they, how are we going to handle this now? I have a feeling they told the truth. And being that Joseph responded and handled it like he did, watch what's said, and so when you look at uh, forty-four and sixteen, this is Judah. He said he's coming. to Joseph's coming back. He's coming back with Benjamin because they done made a promise. He done, He knew because before Jacob would let Benjamin go, he had to promise. You know, hey, this will kill him. This will put the grave. This will put him in the grave. And he goes through this process, and that's what he tells Joseph. But listen, to this one verse. Judah said, "What shall we say unto my lord?" What shall we speak? Or how shall we clear ourselves? God hath found out the iniquity of thy servants. God has found out the iniquity of thy servants. It's probably true for all of us. I believe even with David it's we, we go to them, and we get to it. It's almost like David's blinded. I, what's the Bible say about those that hadn't experienced this gospel? And don't believe this gospel. That they are blinded. The enemy, the devil, the God of this world has blinded. They can't see. What guarantees you and I? Watch this. The only way I can keep a clean heart and the only way I can keep from being blinded or overcome a man by sin is not to let the devil blind me again. You don't read anywhere in the scriptures where he'll never blind you or attempt to blind you again. But we have the scriptures of what? Walking in his light. Whose light? The word of God is a lamp and a light into our path. Got to walk in the word. Got to walk in the spirit. Got to, got to. It's the only thing that can keep me from being blinded by the enemy. But the moment I start stepping outside the light, the true light, and the word of God, immediately he starts putting the blindness, blinders on us. Why do you put blinders on horses? A pile a race. We can don't take much over here and over here, man. Hey. Wandering eye that can just linger over a little too long. And there's something about this old flesh that's prone to it, inclined to it. And it's more to it, and I know it's, it's having its toll. And, and even with what happened to David, and it's having its toll today. But Bishop Odom has taken Brother Brandon, Brother Josh, and myself as we're going through his classes and dealing with a man becoming an elder, becoming a bishop. 18 requirements. And no doubt some of these are some of the top, but, but I just can't help but wonder, how often do you hear of preachers, a man because of other characters? What, what tops the list? What do we seem to always recognize? What we always seem to give recognition to? One or two things. Money and women. But I couldn't help but ponder because the third one that he brought to our attention, the third thing about a preacher, and he's the only one I've ever heard mention this, in this, in this form, this manner. He said an older preacher had taught him back when he was younger. He said there's three things that really affects a minister. Money, women, and then how they handle power or authority or the pulpit. Peter said he didn't want us to be what Lord over God's heritage. You're his heritage. You're his darlings. You're his children. We should never get into this pulpit. With a spirit of anger. And bitterness. And lash out. Because somebody's this. Or somebody's that. And, and You know what? We need, to, we need to have the same kind of. Compassion. And concern. And working together. For one another. Has anybody ever needed forgiveness twice? <laughs> anybody ever needed? You know, uh, I got has a little help. I done got off. I got and got off course. It's true for all of us. It really is. And so, but I'm going to tell you something. When we find ourselves in a is to make sure that we don't become blinded. And start justifying it. This is what America has done. Fifty years ago. She'd have never voted in. And they can, they can, they can do this whatever they want to. I don't care. I'm, I'm not against nobody. I'm not mad at nobody. But I'm, I'm telling you sin is still sin. And those lifestyles. Is, is an abomination. And this book. But you know what, if this nation, and please don't be offended what I'm fixing to say because we've all been guilty of it probably one time or another. But this country, amen, began to turn our eyes on adultery and fornication. And even from the pulpit. And we started letting people lead us. And it didn't matter with this and that and all this other. And you know what I'm talking about. And you'd be shocked how many preachers that's in pulpits this morning. They don't only have a wife, but they got concubines, amen, out in the auditorium. And you know what? Most of them people out there know it. And they're not doing one thing about it. Oh, I take it to Corinth. I could take it to a letter that Paul wrote to him. Said, "Hey, you better start doing something about it." But you know why we don't? Because I'm guilty. Because I'm doing it. And so, if we're not careful in this way of blindness, we start justifying it, sanctifying it. And if we're not careful, you know what? I think we can go to heaven. I believe we can make it. You ain't got to do all that. You see how the devil works? Once he gets you in a blind spot, once he gets you in a blind place. Well you can't you can't think the way you ought to think. You can't see the things the way you ought to. How many of you'd love to go home this morning if I went out there and took a can of black paint and sprayed your windshield? <laughs> well let me tell you something the devil's doing his best you can't it ain't the can't kind of uh, uh, paint you buy from the hardware store but I'm telling you he's got them by the millions blinded today and if we're not careful we just say well, that ain't no big deal that don't matter that's kind of like letting them little toddlers tell you no and slap it back at you and it's hitting you and all that you just let it keep going you make fun of it you think it's alright and it's cute Till they become a teenager and they knock you flat if you back, and then you want to call the law. I don't mean to do that. It just comes. But you can't turn a blinded eye to sin and expect it to go away. You can't you just can't turn your head. That's the spirit and the attitude of the world. And hey, God just gonna turn. But watch how often. How often. Did you hear what he said? Like all of a sudden God. No. God knew it way back there. But God worked good out of it. But, but hear what he told Moses. Hmm. He said I'm going to have mercy. Upon him. I'm going to have mercy and grace. Upon him. I'm going to have grace. But the guilty. But the guilty. Who's the guilty? It's the individual that is unwilling. To have a godly sorrow. There is a difference between a godly sorrow. Than just somebody else. But watch what I'm fixing. Watch, watch, watch what's unfold here. When you go to Psalms 90. And, and this is. The, I didn't mention it. This is a psalm that, that Moses wrote. The oldest psalm. Amen. In the psalms book. He begins, and he, he begins with it, he talks, he says, Lord, thy dwelling place in all the generations. He said, Basis he's telling us, you know, you've been before the mountains, amen, was ever brought forth. And before the earth was ever formed. And you are the everlasting, amen. You, you're all. Oh, thou turnest man to destruction. And sayest, return, ye children of men. And then the timeless, God's timeless. Listen to what's being said about God. Amen. He says, a thousand years in thy sight is but as yesterday. Everything that man done, good and evil, a thousand years ago, you can remember it as though it was yesterday. Thou carries them away as with a flood. They are asleep in the morning. They are like grass which groweth up. And then they talk about how the man can grow up. In the morning he grows up. But by the evening time, he's cut down and withered and gone away. Man, he's, he, James talks about man's life. is like a vapor. It's here today and it's gone tomorrow. So that's what Moses talks about. He talks about Israel. He talks about uh, the songs. He's, he's, he's done brought him through the world. I believe, no doubt, Moses is probably well up in age and experienced something. And here he is. As he writes about this God and the power, who He is, and all the days and he says, "For we are consumed by thy anger, and by thy wrath are we troubled. Thou hast set our iniquities before thee. You have set our iniquities before you. Our secret. Sins. We don't have a problem a lot of time repenting things when it's revealed and made known. That's the reason the guy said it one time. He said, You know what? There's probably going to be three surprises in heaven. He said, I'm going to be surprised who's not there. He said, I'm going to be surprised who's there. He said, but the biggest surprise of all that I make it. That's not downing the part of God. That's not downing the grace of God and the faithfulness of God. But it's our heart. What happened to the Revelation church? Time and time again, the seven churches. Thy house left thy first love. When you love him with all your heart. You don't have a hard time keeping his commandments. You don't have a hard time living godly. You don't have a hard time wanting to spend time with him. You don't have a hard time to come into the house of God. When you love him, you your condition of your heart. to right. But I'm here to tell you we're living in a world and we're on a journey. And it's doing everything it can to bombard us and trip us up and mess up our heart. And here's the biggest mistake we're going to make if we're not careful. We're not doing anything about it trying to justify and okay and saying it's all right. That's the reason the Bible's taught us that judgment starts the house of God. You know why a lot of people don't want to come here? They don't want to face judgment. (laughs) You don't run from the law because (laughs) you don't want to face judgment. You don't want to get the ticket. You don't have to give an account for your actions. But there's a judgment coming. And the secret sins with Moses here. The secret sins. Psalms 139. Um, Well, I'm not trying to hurry, but I'm just... We'll go as far as we can. If, if you you had enough, just kind of flag at me, and we'll quit. And we'll come back tonight. Okay. I'm not I'm not jumping. I'm just telling y'all, folks. The Bible says every idle word. It makes It, it is a big deal. What you say about one another. It's a big deal what you think about one another. Who put that thought in there? What is, he got? What is a fiery dart? Come on, folks. we got to learn how to become soldiers. we got to learn how to keep our hearts in a clean heart. Not only, we, we got it down. We got this part right. We know how to attain the clean heart. Repent. Baptize in Jesus' name and be filled with the Holy Ghost. The moment that you feel, that's probably as godly and clean as you, were. you ever been in your life. And if you're, you and I are not careful, it could be the cleanness. Psalms nineteen. you look at it, what God's it's going to be a quiet morning. It's okay. I promise you it really is. You know, sometimes maybe, maybe we need to settle down a little bit and hear what's being said. And don't just hear it, but let it soak in. Let it change us. Let us wake us and stir us up. But when you look at Psalms 19 and 12, who can understand his errors? Cleanse thou me from secret faults. Cleanse me from secret faults. Possibly nobody else even knows about it. But God does. The power of a godly sorrow. There's nothing like it. Nothing. Keep back thy servant also from what? Presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Then shall I be upright. And I shall be innocent from the great transgression. Fault. Transgression. I looked up the word fault. The Bible says confess our faults. Um, I preach and believe here that. I don't think you need to confess your sins to one another. Now, if you've done somebody wrong, you've got to make that right. And you go to that individual and make that right. Our I, high I priest is Jesus Christ. Okay? There's a reason for that, two reasons for that. It will work against you. Number one is somebody's, you know, if somebody's counting on you, they won't all, all, know all about your dirty laundry. <laughs> I'm just being honest with you now. They're not your high priest, they cannot forgive you. They cannot. Only he. It's what David. David said, God, I sinned against you and you are only. There's power with that. When we get a real revelation of this, there's such a power with that that will transform us. I'm telling you. So the second thing is, once you expose that. To whatever member of the body. That it might be. I, I've, I've had a couple of times. Where come comes go. And I tell them. Oh, don't tell me. You know why? I've seen this. I've seen this. If you expose it. If you tell it. Now. Every time you come into my presence. I know what he's thinking. That's exactly what that devil's doing. I know what he's thinking. He's thinking about you doing this. In fact, that's the reason he's preaching that. But if you don't tell me, and I walk in this pulpit and under the anointing of God, preach against it. That's a reason we got a high priest we confess our sins to. False is a flaw, a character. It, it's a means and it's a way that when you confess them, I want to tell you here's why I failed and you don't have to go into details or nothing, but to, this is what you don't need to do in this situation. I can't tell you everything to do, but this is one thing I know won't work. So there was a difference. I believe when the writer pinned the word fault. It's a flaw. It's a, it's, a, it's a handicap for some reason. And I want to expound. Why do you think, watch this, Now, this is not necessarily sin in a sense. But why do you think the Pentecostal movement, the apostolic movement, is pushing education so heavy today? It's because they understand it as a tool and help us, God, to make sure we use it as a tool for the kingdom of God and the service of God. Because not having education at times has hurt us in certain places and settings and with certain individuals. Because with that education, and they can talk about the creation and in scientific terms and things of that nature out of the Bible, but yet in terms and all. So that educated guy, all of a sudden, he's kind of standing alive. Because the Bible says that we can stop the gainsayers. And all of a sudden, this guy's taken the word of God and expounded it to him more perfectly the creation and everything else that went on. I ain't being ugly, but I can promise you. Probably in the 90-something percent of your professors and those in colleges, they don't believe in God. They don't believe in this word. They sure don't believe in truth. They made themselves God. Now, we're going to have to be careful of that flag. We can say what we want to. Because our intentions be good. But if we're not strong enough to handle it, you better go find you digging a ditch or something. You better off digging ditches and go to heaven than gain an education, a big paycheck, and wind up in hell you couldn't handle the warfare and you couldn't handle that you couldn't again the enemy the enemy the enemy the enemy. The writer talks about the second individual in that connection uh, and and well anyway he talks about how that this guy had a bad day at work and apparently the way they wrote these stories they're real they're, they're genuine and and so he's coming in from work and had a bad day and he walks into the, the service station walks into the restroom and there is a cigarettes lit on the on the sink and a can of or a bottle of beer that's open left on the sink and uh, all of a sudden it got the best of him and he picks up the drinks out of the, the drinks the beer and smokes the cigarette and that and this man had been delivered from these he had done he was addicted to them, and he was bound to it now uh, I'll be honest with you I, I don't know if I'm going to <laughs> I don't care if it's the best root beer in the world. I ain't drinking that. But anyway, hallelujah. But again, the enemy, watch this. Because I'm going to tell you something. All of us say, there ain't no way I won't do this. But I'm telling you, you get in the right situation, right? And the right spirits get a hold of you. And God says, and God takes his hands off of you. And God says, you know what? I'm fixing to let this be revealed. You know what determines all it is? It's the love of the heart. is the condition of the heart. Whether or not if we really love him or not. It's all in the heart. If it's just a ferret, then we're just putting on a show and we're saying we love him, but we don't love him in the heart. God takes his hand off of us. I'm telling you. We'll be, in, we'll be digging out of them trash cans. We'll go around picking up cigarette butts after everybody else trying one more. Give me one. Our flesh is not glorified. And if we don't stay on top of it, buddy, it can get you out of hand quick. Get you out of course quick. It's hard, man, I'm telling you. Now. What was the difference between the two? One tried to cover it up. One tried to hide it. One tried to go on with life. He still wanted to get on the platform. Just make everything good. Everything's fine. The other one, before he gets home even, smokes his heart. He goes in and confesses to his wife. He goes in and calls his pastor, Hey, I've messed up. And he let them, amen, work with him. And he never from that moment on ever picked up either one of them again. And unless you and I have ever been addicted to it, we really don't know the effect it could have upon us. Because I can promise you, you'd be shocked if those out there right now would love to just be able to throw it down. I ain't being ugly at what I'm fixing to say right here. But I watched my own brother, my own brother with them cigarettes, Ate my <laughs> And I watched him two nights before he left here. Well, a few nights before he left here, before he left George Cunningham's hospital as he sat up in that bed. Amen. He said, I'm gonna try my best to lay him down. I'm gonna try my best to kick I'm gonna do my best to I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna try. But I'm telling you, some things can get a hold of you. Hallelujah. And if you, you step across that mercy line, or you step across that grace line, or you just keep shoving aside, or if you and here's the problem with our nation, we're justifying it. Amen. We tell them we're making heroes out of them. We come out of the cars and make heroes out of them. And we still want the blessing. God I'm telling you folks a good godly sorrow I'm telling you there's power and godly sorrow I'm telling you sin will lose its grip the attractions of carnality will lose its grip but the only place and the only way that you can overcome that is have a godly sorrow there is a difference in a cult sorrow and a godly sorrow I tell you what the difference is. When you got a godless sorrow, it doesn't matter if you're driving down the road by yourself. When you got a godless sorrow, it doesn't matter if you're in the motel room by yourself. When you got a godless sorrow, it doesn't matter if everybody and the brothers and the sisters and mamas and daddies are doing. It. When you got a godless sorrow, amen. I'm not gonna do it. And you know what? When it's like that, guess who's gonna make a way? Hallelujah. I tell you, seeing temptations coming to all men, you under the sun, but God's made a way of escape. You and I just gotta find the way. Out of the heart it comes out of the passions and the desires of the heart. How do we know the condition of the heart, the passion of the heart? What are you worshiping? What do you give yourself to? Where you spend your money? Where you spend your time? What's on your mind the most? That's just scripture. That's just the word of God. And so, the topic itself. It's, it's a clean heart it's saying something. Man, it's meaning something. Have a clean heart. And, but thank God the last one, John 1 and 9, helps us out. If we confess our sins, that hasn't changed. We still got to confess them. We still got to wake our way down to an altar. Become broken. Amen. Before this God before this Redeemer before this Savior I know my time I'm just What's this Romans 1 y'all know the chapter you know how that those that failed to acknowledge God is God when they knew him as God and God turn them over to the lust and they begin to uh, accomplish and achieve the things and that chapter is written actually. I mean, it for the Gentiles to know that they they need salvation. They need the gospel. They need to be delivered. The second chapter picks up on about the Jews. And the judgment of the Jews and, and, and their response, amen, unto, to Paul's writings and what was unfolding and what was taking place here. And, and so when you read down to about the ninth chapter, it talks about it. He says, tribulations and anguish upon every soul of man that doeth evil to the Jew first and also of the Gentile. No one's getting by. No one's exempt. Nobody's getting by with a little bit of nothing with God. Do we understand that? I know I'm driving that home this morning. And maybe you may not feel like, well, we will. Just hang with me. Praise God. God's merciful. He's long-suffering. He'll watch. But I'm going to tell you something. There's some things that you and I must do. We must confess. To Him. We must cry out to Him. Amen. When we come to that place and come to that point and, and so that helps us amen to understand what really begins to unfold when we begin to talk about the, the, the temptation itself and when you go to 1 Corinthians 4 and 5 and, and we see there amen how, how this talk we will make manifest the counsels of the heart. He will make manifest the counsels of the heart. That's the reason you got to be careful what's counseling you. What you've given your heart to. What you've given your soul to. What kind of seeds of work. Words. hallelujah i'm gonna tell you something whenever you you get crossed up amen with the with, with the house of god and the man of God and the word of god and the individuals in the house of god don't start running amen to earthly people and worldly people amen to get answers and resources that's the wrong place to go oh they're gonna justify it they're gonna they gonna split seeds amen into your heart your heart is a soil and whatever you allow in it sometimes hurt sometimes hurt causes cause us open up to things we wouldn't open up to sometimes for disappointments and, and offenses amen to causes us Hallelujah. i could take over Jesus Christ talked about those that offended amen because they couldn't get over the offense hallelujah after a while they begin to betray them and they won't stop there as a betrayal it'll wind up being a hatred now those are the words of Jesus Christ they're not mine that's the reason you gotta stay on top of your heart your spirit your attitude it's very important because we gotta have a clean heart to Jesus. He said how can you say you love me if you love not your brother who you have seen and you have not seen me. Love of the heart. Love covers a multitude of sin. That's not only just God and for the head. That's also for the body. Now this is the love of God I mean, what he told Moses the guiltless those that are guilty those that refuse it's not God's fault if people wind up in hell God's got a plan For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten. whosoever believed in him should not perish huh. and if I wouldn't, just wouldn't stop there and slip on in Amen. from out of that third chapter right on into that fourth chapter Slip right on in, amen, to the seventh chapter, 37, 38, and 39. And and just continue precept upon precept, lined up on land, amen. And just continue, amen, in the walk, hallelujah, and living for God and can, the conditioning of the heart. Hallelujah. You know, we know physically, hallelujah, certain things we teach. You know what? You know what? I'm afraid it's gonna happen in generations to come. There's gonna be such a health issue in, on the generations and just no telling just 20 or 30 years. Because of the abuse. We abuse drugs. We abuse alcohol. But it had not stopped there now. I ain't being ugly. You don't drink one of a minute drinks, drink it. I'm not against that. But if you start drinking two or three of them, and you got to have two or three of them every day. And you take you three or four of them and you drink them in one night so you can get somewhere. There's going to be some abuse to the body and it's going to show up. That's what I'm talking about. the temple of the Holy Ghost. My body belongs to Him. And if if, if we can't physically do it, don't do it. Stop. Pull over. It's not that big a deal. We make it a big deal at the sacrifice of our own health. It's one thing if you're sacrificing for God and the kingdom of God. It's quite another when you're sacrificing because you want to go somewhere to Something outside of church, okay? Kind of just put it that way? I didn't mean to get on that. Praise God. Ephesians 2 and 3 has taught us this. Give me just a couple of minutes. You can stand. I'm going to let you go and we'll be back tonight. Among whom also we all had our conversations in time passing the lust of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as other there's a nature in us that we have to wrestle against that we have to keep under subjection hallelujah um can can anybody can you just let yourself go can you just you know no i got no problem with none of man i just oh no i still find out my biggest problem is me me this guy i look at in that mirror (laughs) some days it'd be just so nice if i could get away with this In a sense, kill me. My desires, my passions—those things that are attacking, coming, pouring—and so that's the reason. Is we're going to get into David, and I know my time. In, in that fifty-first chapter, Amen. I when you go back, instead of being a uh, watch this, and you never reach the place that you you you're exempt out of the war. You may not go on the front lines. You may not stand behind the pulpit. You may not be the main singer and you may not sing as often. You may not dance as much and you may not. But there's never a place that you're exempt or get out of the war. Out of the battle. And that's what David done. He stayed home when everybody else went to war and everybody else went to battle. Took him a good nap. Better watch him evening naps. <laughs> Praise God. I'm for them now. I'm not against him. Don't Don't get me wrong. Hallelujah. (laughs) Praise God. But when he got up feeling good, stepped out on the balcony. Something was exposed to him that really he wasn't supposed to see. Now there's a lot to that. Boy, that can open a can of worms. Okay? Okay. He's, he had he had he was a king now. He had the power of choice. I heard Brother Fault say this, so younger, jump on anybody and jump on him. Okay? Amen. Brother Orlan Fault said this. He said there's nothing more beautiful than a beautiful lady. The more attractive drawing. And especially a Pentecostal lady. That it's not only the exterior, but what flows out that illuminates a man that penetrates. Hmm. They walk into a room and it changes the atmosphere. Okay? But it's that moment that David needed to make up his mind and make a choice. But the chances were he lingered too long. You let some things begin to rise up. No fire. And you know what? It's not just in that. It can be in other areas of our lives. We can get to looking too long at a certain whatever. And at whatever cost, we're going to buy it. That can be a $50,000 suit. How you like that one? <laughs> $200,000 car. Million dollar home. I'm sure I got above everybody. Hopefully. (laughs) And cost us everything because we want to have it. Because we want to be like so and so. Lust. Desire. Passion. Not only that. It can work in different ways. I I know I'm tired of time. And I'm trying to quit. But but that also can be positions and places. And. You know, they say some some people man, they just make this look so easy. Get up in all these instruments and get to singing and make the sacrifice to be and work and labor. And if you and I ain't careful out there, I would say, man, I, I wish I could I won't and man. It's called positions. It's calling to be in somebody. I want to impact people. I want to impress people. God don't want us to impress people in who we are and what we are as an individual. The greatest way that you and I, and I'm gonna preach on this tonight, to impress people. whenever you walk in that life in that joy unspeakable and full of glory when you walk in that that area of, of no condemnation I wondered this morning just how many of us can walk with no condemnation in our hearts no guilt no bad feelings toward anyone not jealous toward anybody any position of what they got clean heart Digging in, folks. Digging in. But we want to make it. I want us to make it. I want this to be a place that when they walk through them doors, there's something in this house, buddy. There's a flow in this house. Guess where it's got to flow through? One Achan. One aching, And it cost his fi- family too, by the way. They didn't just stone Achan. But it was in his heart. He didn't tell nobody. He went into that city, didn't tell anybody. He didn't tell n- He slipped in there and all of a sudden his eyes lingered. Man, that garment, look at that, man. A few silver gold. It ain't going to hurt just that little bit. They won't even miss it. But it belonged to God. It belonged to God. A clean heart. Folks, I'm telling you, this 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 lesson. It's over my head. It's over my head. But God's going to help us because our belly, we well, that belly really is the heart. <laughs> All said and done, it's the inward parts, most deep-seated chambers. Who but only God can search the inward parts? Who but only God can reach down into those inward parts? They take out the damage and the pain and the hurt. And there's a chance, a good chance. There's some under the sound of my voice even this morning. There's some hurt and pain and you haven't told a soul. You haven't told anybody. But it works on you day and night. It works on you constantly. Cause the, the enemy knows I made a strike. Hallelujah. I, I've done some good there. And he won't let up. He'll quit twisting it and turning it. He'll bring it to your mind. He'll remind you. Amen. Every chance he gets. Hallelujah. But only this God will When we reach a place where the godly sorrow at whatever cost, God, I'm pouring it all out. I'm giving you everything. This is what David had to do. And you're going to see it tonight. And I know I didn't get to that that 51st chapter. I'd love to. But you can watch. You know why it's so important? Because we can't afford the Spirit of God to leave us. We can't afford to lose this power of God, the anointing of God. We can't afford to lose the option of the Holy Ghost. We can't afford, amen. If If you want to lose the Spirit of God, read about Saul. God come and he took the spirit his spirit from Saul and gave it to a nun Saul's life went from that all the way going all the way back to the very thing he was destroying you listen to me (laughs) if we keep our hearts right we won't backslide But if we don't keep them right, we're going back to some beggar elements. We're going back to some old uh, addictions, and even worse. The very thing that Saul had sent out to destroy and take out, he finds himself in his last days when God won't answer, when he can't get a Samuel, can't get a man of God, can't get nobody to speak. So he has somebody to find a witch. He goes and bows and humbles himself to this witch to call of the dead calls up Samuel we would probably be absolutely shocked just what some of our own leaders in the political realms and everywhere else of what they're crying out to gain power and insight and hold on to their positions I want to have a clean heart. I believe it's going to take some work. It's going to take some discipline. But more important than all that, and I'm going to talk about it tonight. I'm sorry, I know my time got you down. But Nathan came, didn't he? Now, what's the difference between Saul and David? What's the big difference between the two? Did you know that David probably done some things that was worse than Saul? Did you know that David was a murderer? God called him that. Called him a doctor. But you know what the difference was? When the man of God showed up. And David didn't blame nobody else. To have, For me to clean my heart, it's, it's me. It's my fault. I've said this more than once. If I wind up in hell, it's, it won't be none of your fault. I promise you. It won't be other preachers. It won't be nobody. It'll be my fault. If I wind up in hell, it won't be nobody's fault but mine. It won't be nobody's fault but mine. I can blame this one doing this and blame that one doing that. Or I'm, I'm, I got stuff I can blame. No. God's been too good to me. God's been too good. And I just want to humble myself to this God or to the man of God, to the voice of God, to the word of God, whatever God has. Because I realize if I'm going to have a clean heart, a broken heart, and contrite heart God will not despise he will not turn it away doesn't matter doesn't matter how much sin doesn't matter if if nobody knows or if everybody knows don't make any difference not when you come with a godly sorrow there's something to flow out of that vessel that has never got to flow before and it can impact let's pray God we love you this morning appreciate you so much Your goodness, your grace, your mercy, your kindness, the faithfulness of your people God you help us. You help us feed. You help us to instruct. You help us uh, amen to put things in our hearts. Put things in our mind and our spirit uh, amen that makes us the vessel that you're calling us to be in the world that we're living. We're believing in revival. We're believing in the miraculous hand of God. The mighty touchings of the Lord. Uh, We're believing in healings and and deliverance God in hearts and souls in our community. We're believing God to be the soldiers of our time and generation to war against the rulers of darkness and spiritual wickedness in high places. Uh, Help us Lord as we we give you the honor. We give you the glory. We give you the praise as our very present help in the time of trouble. All the glory and honors be lifted to you this morning. In the precious name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Love you tonight. Appreciate you this morning. Come back tonight, tonight. 5:30 prayer time, six o'clock service time, four thirty choir practice. God bless you.